So Serve St. Louis was uh, a huge success yesterday. I just want to thank all of you. Yeah, you can give a round of applause for that. For uh, all of you that were out uh, at our Fenton location as well as Central West End. And of course, I know there's a lot of you that wanted to be there that couldn't. Um, but we were all there together. You know, it was a joint effort. And, and our, again, amongst our whole body there. And uh, just awesome things happening. You know, over in Fenton, I think we had about 50 volunteers show up. And we were able to work on like seven different uh, elderly families' homes in the Fenton community right there by our church. And just amazing the amount of work that was done. I mean, we've got some workers in this place, for real, man. And, uh, and just and people were ministered to. They had a, a group of people that were actually going around and just talking and praying with folks. And uh, man, it just blessed me so much to hear that and hear those stories. And then here, you know, we did an awesome job up in Fountain Park, again, working just pretty much steady the whole time. Uh, and Gwen, where's Gwen? God love her. She showed up an hour early, okay? And she got there so early that she thought we weren't coming. So... She went ahead and took it upon herself to walk the streets. And she was just telling me this morning that she actually walked through the alleys of up here north of Del Mar, where we were at, and just talked to people and stuff. So that's pretty awesome, isn't it? So, I mean, we were all over the place yesterday. Very, very cool. Um, and, you know, I, as I look at these kinds of things, I, I see what we're doing, you know, yesterday and it's, it's really nice when you, and awesome when you see, that's like fresh fruit, you know? I mean, you've got fresh fruit coming out, and you get to see it, and you get to be a part of it and enjoy it, and that's awesome. And there's so many things that happen, are happening right now. You're thinking about the new campus that we're going into, and, you know, I'm, God's just showing me pictures of all of these people that are being ministered to and coming to know the Lord and the power of God in their life, and I'm, I'm seeing this place just packed full and you know, just basically busting out the doors, going to two services because we don't have enough room for one, all these things. And as I'm thinking and, and getting these visions and, and this burden from God about all this stuff, I'm becoming so keenly aware of the fact that we are dependent upon more things from God. We're in need of fresh things from Him in order to carry out the things that are ahead. We need fresh wisdom. We need fresh power. We need new things from God. It's kind of like I'm so grateful and so thankful in many ways, like blessed beyond measure of what I've already experienced and what I have and what he's given me and where I'm at now. But I'm still very, very aware of the fact that what's ahead, I don't have what it takes right now in me to do. I don't have the things yet that are necessary to achieve what lies ahead. So there's this aching and this dependence that, I, that I'm feeling and sensing that's forcing me to just really press in with God more and more to get fresh new things to be equipped for what lies ahead that he wants us to do. And that's what's, that, there's, you can look at this a couple of ways. It's really, really awesome. One of the things is, is that uh, it doesn't make you 
feel disappointed, like, you know, you don't have what it, when you see the big picture of what lies ahead, you don't feel intimidated because you look at what you have now and you say, yeah, but man, I can't do that, you know, because you already know that. You look for what's ahead. You think, yeah, I can get what I need. I can, I'll receive what's ahead. I'm going to press in and God's going to give me more and more measures of what I need in order to fulfill that. So it doesn't allow you to get caught in this feeling of inadequacy, like I can't do it because look at what I have or look at what I've achieved or look at what I know and look at what it's going to take. It eliminates that altogether because you have that faith that you're going to grab hold of what you need. You're going to receive what's ahead because if God is calling you to do it, then he's got the, the, the equipment and he's got the provision necessary. It's just that you don't have it yet right now at this moment. Make sense? So it eliminates the, the feelings that you might be tempted to have of inadequacy about where you're at right now. And it also causes you to strive and, and, and be excited for what's ahead. It's like you, you're always reaching for more and for fresh stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of one of the quotes the great basketball coach John Wooden said. He said, it's, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. And so, you know, it's like where we're at now is great, but it's, it's what lies ahead that we have to be contending for. Does that make sense? It's what is still yet to come and in front of us that God is equipping us with and giving us and the power that's still yet to flow through us that we have to be contending for. I had a, a situation just not long ago, earlier this year, with one of my kids, and it really caught me off guard. You know, I'm not, I won't go through like the details of it for time's sake and everything right now, but basically it was just something that was repeated or came out of one of their mouths in front of my uh, sister-in-law, and you know, she came to us and was like, hey, I just felt like I needed to tell you this, this is what was said, and obviously she didn't really know what she was saying, and, and, and so, but it, it caught me off guard. It was like, wow, okay, I'm not, prepared for this one. I mean, I know in general what I think about these things, but how do I address this with my, with my child? You know, this is like, and what it did is it really uh, allowed me to be very conscious of how much I needed God, how much I needed to depend upon something fresh, because I didn't have in me what was needed for the moment and I was, I couldn't act. I couldn't act based on what I presently had. I had to have something new and something fresh. And it put me to my knees and it basically forced me to say, God, I can't move until I get more from you for this situation. And I'm just excited to tell you that, boom, God delivered like in the moment that I needed it and it was just divine, it was from heaven and the words that flowed out, the way I explained it, the way I talked, and I walked away thinking, all God, man, <laughs> all God. There was no way that I would have been able to, to do that, you know? And that's just a small illustration, a representation of, of all of the different things that I believe we're walking into in our lives, whether it's in, in this church and what we're doing or in our careers or in our families. There are massive things ahead that God wants to do. But what is going to happen is going to require the things that are still yet to come that God is yet to bring forth and bless us with. You know, when we were kids, we used to uh, pick up rocks out in the yard, collect rocks, the real pretty ones, you know. 
you think, I'm pretty, I mean, like, you know, cool, like, right, like, awesome, man. Look, you're going to have to bear with me. Having six women in my house, certain words just slip out, and I'm like, dude, did you just say that? <laughs> so, look, for real. Anyway, so these rocks were really awesome that we used to collect. I'm sure all of you used to do that. But uh, I, I was thinking about this. It's like you find this rock, and you'd be like, oh, this is amazing. Look at this. It's shiny, or it's got crystals or whatever. And then you'd put it in the box, you know, and you'd have your collection. But it's interesting to think about this. It was almost like when we found it, it was brand new. It was fresh. It was like it had just became real to us. But it had been in that ground since God made this earth, right? It, it had been there the entire time before we ever even got there. And still when we were living there, walking around, it was right there beneath our feet. But it wasn't until we discovered it and then claimed, laid hold of it that it actually became real to us. And you know, this is a lot how I would like explain the power and the wisdom and the truth of God. It is timeless and it's been around since before. God is timeless. So there is no, he's the beginning and the end, right? So it's always been there. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter three, uh, I just gave Julie verse 19, but I wanna start back here in verse um, 16. Paul is, uh, he's praying and just, you know, contending for a move in the city of Ephesus here for the people there. And he's saying and praying that, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, being able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now this part at the end is really the key, the fullness of God. When, whenever we receive Christ as our savior, the Bible is very clear that there is a supernatural event that happens and that God by his Holy Spirit in the person of the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us and we are made a new creation born again. Now when that happens, that person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, that lives on the inside of us is the fullness of God. That means, and I can't even, frankly, fully like comprehend this, but I'm going to do my best to walk you through it. The, that all of the power, all of the wisdom, all of the virtue, everything that you can ever imagine to the fullest extent, God already is all the time. It's not like a developmental thing for him. He's just all of that all the time. And by his Holy Spirit, he's living in us as the fullness of God. So all of that is supernaturally endowed upon the inside of us. And they're available to us in the moment that, it comes to, that he comes to live on the inside of us. But we as people... As humans, the way we receive all of this is not like in an instant moment of time, necessarily. It's more of what I would say is revelatory. It's an ongoing thing. It continues to be birthed out of us and brought out of us more and more and more as we begin to dig and, and pursue those things that God has for us. But he's already fullness inside of us. It, it's it's kind of like, okay, he's timeless and he's fullness. He's in us. 
and we're a finite human body, but yet our spirit is endless, but yet we're, we're receiving this in a revelatory sense, but it's all there now. Look, ponder that for a while this afternoon, okay? But I'm just saying that it's all there, but we have to mine it. We have to dig it. We have to pursue it and allow it to continue to become fresh over and over and over in new ways for us, just like those rocks under the soil are there the whole time, but we've gotta dig the dirt, we gotta turn it over, we gotta reach down and lay hold of it and possess it in order for us to actually own it and be able to enjoy it. Does that make sense? All right, so let's go to your Bibles in, uh, in the Philippians chapter three. Let's go to verses 12 through 14. Paul had a really, really good understanding of this. And uh, I've, a lot of the truth and revelation that I have from just the way I'm looking at things, like I'm explaining to you, contending for what's ahead, not relying on what I have, uh, comes from a lot of these teachings that Paul has about this particular subject. So I'm going to read, we're going to read these verses, and then I want to just kind of break this whole section of Scripture down and really like dig into this thing to open this up for us today the way I believe God wants to open it up for us. Amen? Amen. So, starting in verse 12, it reads, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So let's get a good picture of this. You know, the way Paul, he's being very illustrative in his words here. He's really given us a clear picture of almost like how his physical demeanor is to help us see the way we need to posture ourselves towards the things of God, the things that God has for us, the power, the wisdom, and all the necessary essential things that he wants to grant us. So starting out, first of all, let's look at that verse uh, in, I think it was in verse 13, where he says, I'm reaching forward, okay? Now, in the Greek, that word is, and I may not pronounce this right, but epektiname, Epectinamahi. There you go. Uh, you try that one. So in the Greek, what that really means is to, to, to not just reach for, but it means like to strain after and to stretch out and to reach ahead. So Paul is like he's in this place where he's planted in his feet, but he's reaching out for something in front of him. Right, So he's, he's fixated here, but he's reaching out for what's ahead. He's not grabbing hold of or using something that he has presently right now. He's planting himself where he is, but he's reaching out ahead for what is in front of him. And that's the way we have to look at how God wants to continue to operate through us in our lives. We, we cannot allow ourselves to be satisfied with what we've received or what we've been blessed with or what we've been given I mean, 
this is the same guy that talks about, look, I'm content in all things. So we understand that there's not like a discontentment with God where we are, but it's just saying, I understand that I, what I have, it's never enough. You know, I need more from God and I'm, I'm just, I'm craving more of what he has for me. And so, yes, I'm standing firm where I'm at, but I'm reaching ahead for what is yet to come. Now, if we're reaching ahead, we have to be reaching ahead to something that is already there. This is, this is powerful. We, ha- we can't be reaching into just air, into you know, non-existent things, and, and just hope that something pops up. But if we're reaching ahead, then we're actually reaching to something that's already there, that's already in front of us. Now, God is timeless, right? I already talked about that. Now, listen to this. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not, be, do not fear or be dismayed. He is the one who goes before you. So, Allow this to sink in your spirit that God has already been where you haven't been. He's already been where you're yet to go. He's already got the solutions and the answers and the and the wisdom and everything needed for what you are not what you haven't even stepped into yet. God goes ahead of you. So when you're reaching ahead, you're reaching for a God and for a power and for a wisdom that's already been what, where you haven't even stepped into. Because he's at the beginning and he's at the end and he's everywhere and he always has been. And that is so powerful, right? The other, another part of that scripture, he says, uh, I'm reaching forward and he says, I press toward the goal of the call of Jesus Christ. Press towards the things of God. In the, in the Greek, the word toward, this is an easier one, is kata. And basically in that definition, it talks about to be leaning against, to be pressing against. So we're reaching forward into in, to what's ahead. He's, God's already been there, but he's pressing towards. So he's He's against. He's actually leaning up against something of substance. There's something there, right? You can't reach forward and nothing is there. He's reaching forward. He's he's pressing himself forward toward and against the things of God that are holding him up that are going to continue to become real to him. He's saying, I'm forgetting the things that are behind. When you're reaching forward, when you're leaning ahead, you're against the things that are in front of you If they weren't there, you would fall. And the things behind you at this point are really of no value to you. They're nice that they're there, but they really don't serve a whole lot of purpose in what is going and what is ahead of you. You need that substance that you're leaning against to hold you up so you don't fall. And he's pressed in so much that he's committed to this thing, right? He's leaning into it so much that it's like, if that weren't there, I'd fall. You know, I'm not like just kind of to where if it moved or it wasn't there, I'm okay. He's leaning into this thing. He's pressing in so much that he's, he's certain that there's substance and that there's definitive answers and solutions and wisdom and power and all of that there for him. So he's able to just lean in with all of his might, pursue God with all of our heart, just be totally committed to seeking what he has for us and what's ahead at all moments and never just stepping back and just kind of waiting where we are, hoping that something comes from in front and drops into where we are right now. That's not the posture that Paul is teaching us we need to have towards the things of God and towards the equipping that God has yet to give us. And then finally, 
I'm doing this a little out of order, I know, but, um, but he's, he's reaching forward, he's pressing against, and then he says, I lay hold, right? He says, I lay hold, and then that word basically means to overtake, to arrest, to capture, uh, and to uh, seize tight hold of. So basically, it insinuates ownership. It insinuates laying claim to it's going from something that's out there, that's there, that is now becoming yours and useful to you now in the present moment. And it's interesting to me that like the way this works is he's leaning forward and he's reaching out and he's laying hold of that thing, that his hand, the claim and the ownership is out in front of his head, right? So he's actually getting it and claiming it before you could fully comprehend it and understand it. Because we understand what we know now, but we lay hold of what's ahead we don't really have the comprehension for. But as we lay hold of it and we pull it in and we're kind of pulling ourselves forward at the same time into what is ahead for us. We're pulling that thing in for, for what God has for us. It's becoming ours. It's laying claim to it. It's becoming useful to us in the present moment. And we're at the same time sort of pulling ourselves forward into the things that God has for us in our life. Not relying on some sort of just general movement to get us there or hopefully, you know, it'll work to where we'll kind of just take a few steps or something will even push us along. That's not the way Paul is laying this out. He's laying on, he's pulling it in and he's pulling himself forward, seizing the things of God that he has for you that he wants to give you that will be able to, to give you, uh, equip you with the things necessary to, to fulfill the plans that he has for you in your life. Hallelujah. So I see all that and I think, get all of that coming to me and I'm thinking, man, I have to have that. I have to have that, right? I, I, I have to have it. There's just no other option. I need it because the things that are ahead I can't accomplish with what I have. I just, I just can't. I've got to have what's in front of me to fulfill that. I've what we have right now is a result of what we've already been given, right? Just look around and see where we're at as a church, see where you're at in your life. What you have is a result of the virtue, the knowledge, the power, and everything else that's been mined up out of you. If it's, if it's in line with God's plan for you, let me say that. It's a result of what you've received, What's ahead is going to be a result of what you will continue to mine and continue to have brought forth in a revelatory way. But you know what else? Not only do we feel this sense of desperation and this need and this got to have it, but I also have this deep yearning and desire for it too because it's unbelievable, right? I mean, it's amazing the things that God has for you. Let's just hit on a few places in Scripture. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you the great and mighty things that you do not yet know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you the great and mighty things to know. Wait a minute. You mean there's great and mighty things for me that God has prepared that I don't even understand? Absolutely. That's exactly what it says. And if that's the case, don't you want it? Don't you desire it? Don't you yearn for it? Don't you crave it? 1 Corinthians 2, uh, chapter 9. 
I, or verse nine, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So our eye and our ear, our natural senses, the, the, the human part of us has not even been able to uh, make sense of or just even put this whole thing together of what God has prepared for us. So they haven't even entered our heart yet. But by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God in us, he reveals the things of God to us. And we have to mine them and search and dig for them in order to pull them out. See, moving forward in just life in general, as you move forward, you, your body, your physical body requires physical nourishment in order to continue to stay the course. Now, if we went out and just went on our way and there would be no food and no water, nothing for any of us, it would only be a matter of time. We'd actually already be starting to deplete when we left, right, because there's nothing coming in. So it's just a matter of time before we run out and we cannot stay the course. Well, your spiritual, uh, your spirit is the same way. Your spirit requires spiritual nourishment in order to continue to lay hold of and walk out the things of God in your life and see the, the things come out uh, that God has preordained for you. Your spirit is going to require ongoing nourishment to stay that course and to continue to, to grow into the things that you uh, are that are necessary for you. And that's why the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter four how man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. So the mouth of God, the words that proceed from the mouth of God, well, that's his word, that's the Bible, that's the revelation and the truth that God speaks to you that lines up with his word. Those things are bread for the soul. They're spiritual nourishment. And we have to continue to nourish our, it's like, it's like spiritual sustenance, right? You, it sustains you and it equips you and you have to keep nourishing yourself with it. And as you do, you're strong and you're ready and you're equipped for everything that you come in contact with that you come across. And as a result, as we're doing that, what is produced, what happens in our life as the power is brought forth, as the wisdom is applied, as all of the good deeds are uh, happening as a result of Christ working through us, then fruit gets produced in our life. But fruit is produced, and it's awesome, and it's amazing. But look, when fruit is produced, it's produced, it's there to, to, to be a good thing, but it's, it's already dying off once it's produced, right? You, you can't rely on the fruit that's being produced to like keep moving you forward. I think about uh, at our old house that we used to live at, we had a couple of these massive trees in our yard, and they were really cool at certain times and really uncool at other times. Right, like they're really cool in the hot summer days and in the evenings when the sun was bright, where it provided great shade. But they were really uncool, like in the fall when the leaves were coming out. But also, whenever it rained, I would have a lot of leaking in that basement, and I did so many things to try to stop that. 
And basically what was happening is that the roots from these giant trees were just overtaking and destroying the foundation. And, and they're just getting in there and just tearing up. And I, I dug around there at different points to put drain tile in, you know. And the roots were just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, the tree is so far away, and here's these roots, and they're everywhere, right? But what was happening is you see this tree, and you see the branches, and you see all this stuff, right? And it's living, and it's there, and it's doing what it does. But what's really providing the nourishment, what's really making this thing live, is the roots that are underneath that are growing and reaching and seeking out fresh nutrients in the soil all the time. And as they, as they use up the nutrients that are there, they deplete that, and they have to continue to grow and move into new places to absorb fresh nutrients if the tree's going to continue to grow. They can't just stop growing, and, and then that's the end of it. Because if they did, then it would already start depleting. Imagine if the roots just stopped growing, stopped moving forward, and they just kept using up all the nutrients in the soil that was presently there until it was gone. Eventually, there would never be any more fruit on that tree. Now, you would see the fruit for a while because it takes a while for that to catch up to the fruit and to the outward appearance. And so I'm just saying to us today that, look, searching and seeking and pressing forward and reaching towards the things of God is just like those roots. You've got to be reaching out into the fresh stuff that's ahead, the fresh spiritual food that's yet to come. And you've got to be desperate for it so that you can continue to see the living water poured out of you, that, that fresh fruit that's coming out of your life continue to happen. Otherwise, if you stop doing it and you rest where you are, there's already a sense of depletion spiritually spiritually that's starting to set in, right? We have to continue to contend for those things which are ahead. And that, that river of, of life, that well that's on the inside of us that never runs dry by the Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it's like the, it's, it's always there. It's always able to just be poured out and to be and to just come forth, but we've got to tap it. We've got to get in there. We've got to seek God. We've got to get fresh stuff. You know, right now, there are underground rivers of water all over the place. They're just running beneath the surface, deep, deep down in the earth all the time. But until we drill down and tap that thing, we can't drink from it. But when we hit it, there's fresh water, and there's fresh water for us and others and that's how, again, the things of God, the fullness of God in you is there. But there's so much more that's ready to be tapped that God wants you to drink from. And as it does, it, it flows through you, but it also flows out of you into the world around you, into your situations and circumstances, into the people's lives around you. And so many people are getting touched by the result of the outflow that's happening. If I could paint like a general picture, I don't know if this is the best example, but it's like the well of God, the spirit of God in us is the supernatural inside of a natural tent, right? And it's almost like that's the portal. That's the word I don't really like, but I'm going to use it. It's like the portal that when we open it, when we tap it, then the supernatural things begin to come forth into the natural world, right? They begin to come out and, and actually come into the natural life that we live, that we could walk through without the supernatural and just go through it 
on our own, or we can tap the supernatural abilities that are in us and allow them to continue to burst forth and flow out of us into the situations that we are encountering and that we're walking into. And as they do, the supernatural collides with the natural and overwhelms it. It overwhelms it, it overtakes it, and God's purposes and plans just begin to move and flow divinely in your life and through you just like you were created for them to do. Just like God preordained before the beginning of time to happen in and through your life on a daily basis. The supernatural coming out, colliding with the natural, overwhelms it. The natural doesn't stand a chance. But we have to, we have to tap it, we have to bring it forth in our lives in order for that power and that kind of thing to begin to happen for us. I, there's so many things, you know, like Pastor Josh and I talk and when we're maybe preaching a message or teaching or just meeting with people and so many things, it's like you want to you want to help people. We're pastors. We want to help people, you know, and we try to equip them. We try to offer them, you know, wisdom and advice. And, and those things are good. You know, I'm not discounting that it's necessary. But at the end of the day, what we realize is that the greatest thing that we can possibly do is that somehow our life, our words, our actions would create some sort of a hunger and inspire some sort of a desire in that person to go seek and drill and mine and tap these things in them for themselves. Because if they crave it the way we crave it, I don't, I'm not worried about how things are going to work out. Does that make sense? I mean, I know that the things of God are going to continue to be brought forth. Don't be dependent on me or anybody else or anything else because that's, gonna, that's not going to get you all the way. But if you can crave the things of God and dig and mine and tap the things that he has inside of you, the fullness that's there that can continue to be brought forth fresh, new, and every day, then I know when that hunger's there in you, you are on your way to the things of God happening and being fulfilled in your life and kingdom purposes advancing and this world being changed for the good. If everybody in the church was on fire and seeking it that way, it would be like a, a tidal wave of God's purposes and spiritual power just washing and colliding with everything in this natural world. Even Israel, and I'll close with this, even Israel, as they were moving through the promised land the, the, to, to possess it, right? The big picture, the overall vision was that the children of God were meant to possess the promised land, to occupy it, to inherit it, and to dwell in it. But there were a lot of things that happened along the way. In fact, there were a series of battles that they had to fight. There were a series of people that they had to conquer and overtake to keep moving forward to get to that next place, to eventually achieve the overall purpose. And every time, this is one of the things that's fascinating to me, every time they went into battle, they faced a new adversary, it always required something fresh. It always required something fresh. Like sometimes God would just say, hey, go out and blow trumpets and yell and holler and, and cheer. And I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna win the battle for you. I'm gonna confuse your enemy or I'm gonna break the walls down or I'm gonna do all these things. That stuff happened. 
Sometimes he went and, and marched into the camp, and I think it was Second Kings, he, he marched into the camp with an angel army overnight, and they thought they heard the armies coming in, and, and they fleed the whole area, and the people of Israel woke up in the morning, and they were gone. There was no, there was no enemy even there. So God did so many of these things, but he, there's other times where he also said, go and pursue your enemy and fight them, and don't leave anyone standing. Just destroy everything. Right, So there was physical fighting, there was, there was blood spilt, there was a lot of things that happened. My point is this, they could never rely in a new battle on the way they won a previous battle. They could never rely or, or just have the confidence in what they already knew and had to be the source and the way for to, to lay hold of the things that were yet to come. They always, instead of looking behind, were reaching forward, at least the men of God, the leaders in that nation were, reaching forward, leaning ahead for fresh answers and things from God so they knew what do we do until the prophet speaks, until we hear from God, we won't move because we don't know what to do. We can't do it the way we did it before. we got to have something fresh. And we have to be contending for that the same way in our lives each and every day. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.